This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Today, we are talking about the unbelievable topic of quitting something, (laughs) which is so hard to do. So hard to do. But Emily, I was we were saying right before this, Emily, I was like, fuck you, you're doing the intro. (laughs) That's how we decide who does the intro. (laughs) She was like... Started by saying, I'm quitting this podcast. (laughs) Well, I think here's the thing. A lot of people have questions about how do I leave a relationship? How do I quit a job? How do I end something? Because we talk a lot about like, you don't have to stay in shit just because you've done it forever. Because I think a lot of us do. Right? Like history makes us feel very connected to things. Also, I think we've been taught that inherently quitting something is bad. Which, okay, so we were just talking about this, like, in childhood. If you were, like, signed up for an activity, were you allowed to quit? And I was. My mom made me, like, I signed up for, like, every activity and did it for, like, two months. And for those two months, I was really good at it. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not into this. I want to do something else now. Do you think that was but the I was, ADHD? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was my mom's ADHD as well that allowed me to keep quitting. But I, so in my family, I was allowed to quit stuff. Yours, you were too, right? Yeah. Like, I was, <laughs> I was talking about, I tried so many instruments. I tried piano, but my piano teacher yelled at me. And so I really bad with criticism back then so I would cry a lot and be like I'm done here then I tried flute horrible at that and I tried violin and when I would do the what was it called it wasn't like a play what was like the what was the final thing where you like the, the, the concert, concert. <laughs> the concert I'm sorry I'm not functioning um I would not practice and then when I would get to the concert I would just pretend like I was playing like I would just move my bow like at the same speed that everyone else I- was moving it <laughs> 
but I wouldn't put it to and the strings. And it's so funny because you think you're getting away with it, but like every teacher and every <laughs> it's man so obvious. I would also do that like in chorus where I would <laughs> I would pretend like I was singing, but I wasn't actually singing. So I would just like open my mouth. Can, can I see that real fast? You're like you remind me of like that Billy Mouse bath. Like like you remember like the, the you guys know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know like that like fake like wallfish that would like sing like yeah. Uh, the Billy Mouse the bath or something. Like... But, yes, exactly. That's what you, that's what you looked like in concert. Wow, I wonder if they still have those. What? And if they, they do, sure I should do on eBay. I'm getting you one. Oh, great. Thank you. That's just what I want. More shit in my house. So, and it's funny because we talk about getting rid of stuff, right? Things in my home as well. But it's it's hard. We stay connected to things. We stay connected to jobs. And a big part of this is fear. We were actually just talking about, like, before we do the episode, like, we're often talking to our clinicians about it, like, in a group of people, like, just presently be like, what was your experience with this? And um, Nikki, who you guys know so much about, tell me that how with the podcast, recently quit her full-time job to work for us full-time. God bless her soul. God bless her soul. <laughs> but her full-time job was what you would define as a stable, safe job. It had a pension and she a had 401k. Benefits. All the things, right? She had it was a typical, well, I guess not nine to five. I don't know what those weird hours are. No. But she but it was like right very different than like, you know, random hours, sending emails, whatever random stuff she does for us. And the biggest thing when she told people was their fear for her about like leaving the stability. Right? Yes. And often when you tell people you're going to leave something, they meet you with fear. I think it ignites, you know, fear within them if they were to give up their, you know, it might, maybe it's something they've thought about, but the way in which they talk themselves out of it is through all of the things that they're saying back to you. Yeah. Right. And she was struggling inside. <laughs> Sorry if I'm not supposed to say this, but she she was not happy at her job. And so even though everyone was meeting her with fear and saying, oh, no, you shouldn't do this. You should stay in something stable. It's She really listened to herself. And so that's why we wanted to do this episode is like really helping you to listen to yourself when you are unhappy in something. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because one of the things we do is like we look for our, our social and family supports around us. So if I'm like, I don't think I'm happy here or I'm thinking about breaking up with them. We go to those people. And the thing is, like, a lot of those people are coming from love for you, their own fears. They're coming from a more biased thing. It's one of the things why we talk about this idea of the blind leading the blind when we do that, that it's great to get those supports. But sometimes, and you know it, you can feel it, right? When somebody gives you that response and you're like, I don't like that. Yeah. (laughs) I did not want them to say that to me. But I think that that in and of itself is Is your sign. sign. Right. Like if you it's like if you're choosing between two restaurants. Right. And you say like, oh, like, which one do you want? And the person says the one that you don't want. You immediately know it. Yes. Right. right. If you're like, oh, I'm so indecisive. But when someone says the one that you don't want, you're like, oh, I wanted to go to the other one. Yeah. Right. And but we're looking for other people to co-sign. And of course it feels good. Of course. Of course. When I want to do something and someone's like, hell yeah, you should do that. I want to hear that. But people aren't always going to say you especially when you're doing something that is risky, quote unquote. And you also, you want other people to say to you, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that that's... people, don't you feel like people are scared to say that? Like, people are, like, so worried about being the reason for something, you know? Like, people can, like, they can hate your partner. Like, your group of friends can fucking hate your boyfriends or your girlfriends. 
and they don't tell you right because everyone's like so worried about like what is this gonna do or then they're gonna blame me and like sometimes that is a risky thing to do and that does happen totally happened right that ever ha- okay that's happened to me like that's happened to me where someone like breaks up with their partner and then you're like listen like i really think it's for the best this actually happened to aaron and i with like a really good friend of his that like got separated from his wife and we were like listen like here's what we noticed and here are things we saw and then they, and got, then they got back together she got pregnant like a no <laughs> are you friends with them still does do they listen to this podcast <laughs> I hope not. I don't know, but we know a lot of people that have gotten separated or divorced, so they probably don't even know what I'm talking about, unfortunately. Right. It's very confusing now. Because we're at that age. We're actually, when you start to hit, like, into your 30s and mid-30s, there's a lot of divorce that starts to happen. It's either pregnancy or divorce. Sometimes both. Sometimes none. Sometimes none. (laughs) Hopefully for you. Um, (laughs) That's for sure. Yes. But we start to hit that thing. And so there's a fear. There's a fear of losing security. The same thing with ending a relationship. Oh, yeah. What will I do? How do I leave this? Because then what if I'm alone? Or what if I hate my job so much? My boss is abusive. This sucks. I'm so depressed. I'm so unhappy. Well, what if I can't find something else? Or what if I can't pay rent, right? Yeah, like, what that's if really I... scary. Because if you're going from a job that gives you security, but you're really unhappy in it, like the financial pieces can be really, really terrifying sometimes. Well, the making- same thing with leaving a relationship, though, when you're splitting the oh, bills. I yeah. mean, the, the, like the there are outrageous benefits to being in a relationship if you are sharing finances. Oh, yeah. So to go and take that out on your own, that's one of the things on our episode with Mary Chen about long-term singleton. She talked about one of the things that people do not realize yes. is how difficult the financial piece is of being single later in life. And the social judgment. Yeah. Right? Like where, whether it's, a, I know we're talking specifically about relationships and jobs, but like there are other things you quit too. But Diets diets right or certain mindsets right a scarcity mindset um a diet and yo-yo good. right what else what else do you what being a people pleaser smoking <laughs> i don't know this is the first thing that came to mind dare just like popped into my mind <laughs> did you know that dare turned out to be the least effe- effective public health initiative that's ever been done really yes did it make people want to do drugs more? I think because the way that it was just fear and it wasn't harm reduction made people curious about drugs more. I remember learning about this in school. I have to find the actual date about what it is, but I'm pretty sure that was it. Well, it's like when there's abstinence-based sex education. Of course, it doesn't fucking work. Doesn't work because you're just, <laughs> you're just, it's going to happen anyway. Same thing with kids will probably be face-to-face with a substance at some point so how do we teach people to drink how do you teach people it's i mean it's in a way of like learning how do you learn to intuitively drink my pedi we're going off topic i apologize but my pediatrician growing up said to me when i was maybe like 13 she was like listen you are going to try things and that's okay you know like you can try things do things in moderation like it wasn't like don't do this yeah which I think is a very smart way of talking to a child. Yeah, it really is. To say, like, listen, this is going to happen. Just be safe about it. Be yeah. smart about it. And how do we teach you to be safe, right? Yes. And so I guess we can also take that same type of advice into leaving things. How do we do it in a safe, secure way that doesn't keep us stuck? 
because the scarcity mindset, I'll never find anything else, isn't necessarily helpful for leaving things. Yes. Right? So how do I do it in a way that feels safe and secure to me? It doesn't mean I have to go straight cold jerky, cut off. I'm going to roll in and tell my boss to fuck off and leave in the middle of the day and screw myself. Even right? if you That's, want to. Even if you want to, which I'm sure we all have. But that necessarily isn't it, right? How do I plan and take care of myself and let myself know I am allowed to leave things? And how do I take care of myself in doing that? Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash chicks. Another question to ask ourselves is like, why did I start this in the first place, right? Like if you're 
you're in a job or a relationship mm-hmm. or something that maybe is no longer serving you, um, it might be important to reassess, like, why is this something I went into to begin with? Is, are the reasons that I started this still true today? And I think that being in the same thing consistently as we're growing can be really challenging, right? Like yeah. it doesn't allow for us to say, is this still something that's serving me? And we talk a lot about how we take mechanisms that were once serving us when we were younger and we take them into adulthood and they are no longer serving us because we've grown and we're in a different situation. Same thing with quitting things, right? That like maybe something that was once serving you is no longer serving you. And that that adjustment to it, to be able to ask yourself that question is so important because you might get to the point where you're like, actually, no, this isn't serving me anymore. I mean, it's a, I'm thinking about this. And once again, I know we're talking about relationships, but like a lot of times you get into a relationship and things work in the beginning. They excite me and we're getting together and honeymoon we're having, phase. Right. And then things change. A work situation, a living situation, life happens, right? And you start to see other sides of people that you're like, hey, maybe we're not the best fit the way that I thought we were before. Mm. And we keep thinking, if I ignore it, it's going to change. And I think that that's the same thing. That passivity is like the same thing about like, oh, I'm not gonna talk to, I'm not gonna deal with this issue at work. And I'm gonna just keep hoping it goes away. <laughs> That doesn't work. Well, and also I, I think know that from parenting. It's also <laughs> when I try to ignore my child's behavior. Doesn't work. Just, <laughs> that's not doesn't seem not effective. Um, but I also think it's like the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. If we're just like also if you're in a job that's like wearing you down, sometimes you don't have the energy to address it. You know, it's you're so, just when like burnt out. Yeah, you're just so burnt out at that point that even if it's something you're not happy in to actually address it. Yeah. Is just going to take so much energy. Well, and this part of like, if I leave another thing, what will people think about me, right? Like if I if I leave a job in my 40s and I've already left a bunch of jobs, will people think that I'm quote unquote flaky? Will people think if I leave another relationship, oh God, she can't handle anything. And I think it's an interesting thing because anytime I have someone in my life who tells me they end a relationship and they feel really good about it, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Good for you. Right? Like, I recently had a friend who let me know that they are getting divorced. And I was just so happy that they had thought this decision through and it was amicable. And, like, no, I don't give a shit that I gave them money for their wedding. Like, I have no feelings about that. Now, the reality is other people will. Right. We can't sit here and pretend like people are not going to judge you for your decisions because they will. Because people can be jerks. <laughs> and that is the end of that. Well, and but, it's, well, it's other people's stuff, right? Yes, yeah. abs- it brings up, once again, brings up fear in other people, yes. right? And so, but I think that that's so important. Like, the bottom line is it's not their life, right? Yeah. And if you're making a decision based on the fear of judgments of others, you're basically living your life for those other people. And so to be able to say, listen, I'm, I might get judged. I might... You know, like uh, people might be talking behind my back, but mm-hmm. this in the end is my life. Also, people will move on to something else they want to judge. Well, it's interesting because it brings up like the topic of gray divorce, Melinda and Bill. Oh, yeah. Right. That like, you know, there's a lot of people that are getting divorced in their 50s and 60s. And that's like people, especially with adult children, that are like, what the heck? My parents are divorced. What's this going to mean? And people are allowed to make the best decision for them in their life even if we don't love the decision that they made. Well, and it speaks to the fact that, once again, 
your relationship might have been serving you at a point in your life. Maybe when you were raising kids together, it was serving you. Maybe <laughs> to Melinda Bill have kids. I don't know anything. I have about. no idea. I know nothing about this we apologize. <laughs> I'm just saying, just in if yes, we're talking yeah. in I'm generalities, like, yeah. <laughs> that maybe it's no longer serving you. Maybe you want to go your separate ways. Maybe you want to start dating again. Maybe you want to go out to a club. And I think and it's dance. <laughs> Do you want to do that? Too? I don't know. Maybe. No. I don't know where that came from. I don't want to go to a club. I think that like after. <laughs> it reminds me of what? That, the scene in Knocked Up where he was like, you are. Too, oh, yeah. You are, you are too, too old, old for this you are, club, you are but not, not old for the earth. <laughs> He's like, you are too old and you are too pregnant. Which is fair. Yeah, I don't know. I think like after being stuck inside for so long, I'm like, oh, I want to go out. And then like if I, I would like to if, see you at a club, I'd like to see I would like to put a timer on the wall of how think? long you would last at that club because I'm giving it over under five minutes. I would be next to the time, like <laughs> blending in with trying to blend in with the wall. Yes. I feel like so, time is up. Right. But you know that about yourself. And this all goes back to that very annoying thing we say all the time. That knowing yourself. Know yourself. Right. Of being able to listen to that. So how do we start to get this? How do we get this awareness? How do I listen to my body of like what's the anxiety versus the intuition to think about how do I know when it's time to leave? And I we get this question a lot. Yes. Especially All the time. when it comes like how, how do I know I tried hard enough in my relationship? And there is no perfect way. Yeah. But typically our body is going to tell us. And so one of the things we do, especially when we feel like we're in crisis, is we talk to everyone around us. We talk and we talk and we talk or we ruminate internally, which is just talking to ourselves over and over again. Yes. So what would it be like to sit, to quiet your body and try to actually hear what's happening? Am I so tense? If I am in my house with someone and my shoulders are tense and I can't breathe and I feel uncomfortable and I can't sleep. You don't feel like you can be yourself. Your body is telling you something. And so when you start to look at those things and start to have that awareness of the insight to say like, what am I going to do? And that may take some time, right? Like, I think that also we think about quitting something as... We should know immediately. We should know immediately. Like it should, should be this... We should just know who we're in love with. Know, That's perfect for us. No, that it's going to be this eureka moment. But I think it's slow, right? Like, if you're in a job that you're unhappy in, you don't make the decision immediately of, okay, I'm going to get out of this. I mean, I'm sure some people do. Some people I'm do, like, right? And, and some people, like, that have that impulsivity, right? right? And if that feels right for you, whatever, man, no judgment. But for a lot of us, it's a slower burn thing because we're trying to, like, weigh the things because we're so worried often about, like, screwing up or messing something or, up. Or, like, making the wrong decision. And part of that's, like, the people-pleasing is I, what will other people think of me, right? And so to ask yourself, if I wasn't concerned at all what other people thought, mm. would I still say? If I, if every person in my life said I support you 150%, like, in, of leaving, would you leave? Right. What I want to ask you, what's a time in which you quit something but were well, nervous about it? When I mean, I started out to be a teacher. Yes. Right? So, like, yes. I started my career to be a special education teacher. I had said my entire life I wanted to be a teacher, probably because I wanted to actually work with people directly, but my mom was a therapist, and I was like, I'm not going to be my mom. Can't be my mom. And now you are your mom. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it's not funny how that's that works. Wild. Right? <laughs> um, and so that was like a really hard decision. But for me, it was like I did it, it was an ongoing thing. Like it wasn't like immediately like I knew. Like I was like in these classes, I like really wasn't liking them mm. in school. And then I went and like did like the first half of my student teaching. 
And all I wanted to do was just chill with the kids. Mm -hmm. I had no interest of lesson plans. I had no interest of dealing with parents. Oh, my gosh. I had no interest of dealing with administration. I had no interest. But when I went to tell my mom that I wanted to switch, you want to know what my mom said to me? What? Did you get an underage? (coughs) Because in the state of Pennsylvania, if you have like any type of like underage i guess you can't be a teacher that is so interesting i'm not sure why i don't know if that's like that's yeah okay nikki's nodding her head that that's true right so when i told my mom that i wasn't into this she like didn't believe me she thought i got underage she didn't want to tell her interesting where do you think that was coming from for her i think her mind was so blown because i had always wanted to do this so she was like so surprised to the fact that she also in part thought i was a liar she was like, she definitely got an underage. She like ran a background check that on you. Like a, that is like a thing. I did never got an underage, mom. I swear I'm putting it on the record. Also, weren't you of age at that point? She thought this was like a hidden yes, underage. Yes. Yeah. I think she did. Yeah. I think she thought that like I had gotten one and like was like waiting. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it was a time in my life where I was definitely partying lots. Like I kind of understand how like that could have happened. But she like couldn't believe it. She like truly didn't think. And so there was a part of me that was like, oh, I have to stay in education to prove that my mom, I didn't get a fucking underage, yes. which is not a good reason to pick a career and not a good reason for those children who did deserve- you stay for a little bit longer to prove that you didn't no. have an underage. No. no, no, but I don't think that she believed me for like a solid two to three years later. Wow. I think like she still really thought that for a while. Well, the thing is that you're you're kind of a teacher now, too. It's true. Right. And I have like gotten that part of myself met in these ways from a lot of the things that I do. But it was very hard because I had sort of made this identity around that I'm going to be a special education teacher and I'm going to do this and like, Mm. here's all the stuff. And then that kind of got blown up because I really didn't have a path. And I literally just went to, I was like, what can I transfer into that I could graduate that I don't have to do like another four years? Like, what is my plan here? And an advisor at school was like, you can go into human development. I was like, I guess I'll just do that. Like, I didn't know what that was. And I was like, what do I do with that? She's like, basically, you have to go to grad school. So that's just like what I told my mom. I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to have to go to grad school. I'll figure fucking something out. <laughs> really and worked out. It did, right? <laughs> but like there was a part of me that was like, if I do this, I will die. I think the thing you said, too, about the fact that you had to develop a new identity, like I think that that piece in yes. and of itself can be really hard, too. Um, be- and that's like one of the things. Right? When you end something, you don't lose the memories of what happened. You lose the future that you had created. And it's almost that like you thought you're gonna create. Did you did you watch The Weight of Gold? I didn't. It is it's just very interesting because it's about have, the Olympic gold medalist gymnasts, right? Exactly. Right? It's it's about Olympians in okay, general okay. and how they they make their whole identity around um kind of being Olympians and Olympic athletes yeah. and getting to the Olympics. And it ends eventually, of course, because you're either hurt, you yeah, get older, happens, yes. and so you're you completely lose that identity and that that is so jarring for people so i think that that in and of itself like even if you're miserable in a job or you're miserable in a relationship that to be able to say well like who am i without this job Mm -hmm. or like who am i without this relationship then you have to develop a whole new identity i think that can be pretty terrifying but i think a piece of it is just because that's scary just because it's hard to say, okay, well, who am I without this? Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't do it. You're well, just starting new and you develop a new identity as exactly. you get out of it. You don't have to have a pre-plan. And that's the thing is like typically that identity we pre-plan doesn't work out that well anyway. Right. Because it came from like other people's expectations, other voices to say like, where did I get this idea from? Right. But I think especially we talk about like this idea of long-term singleton. 
it's you think you see your life in some way that I'm going to have the house or the kids or the family and all these things. And I think for a lot of us, especially, you know, for a lot of people that they decide they want to be child free, but in their head, they saw themselves as moms and people in their life are always like, oh, when are you guys going to have kids? Yes. Right. Then they're like, oh, my God, wait, but I actually don't because not everyone knows at a young age what the hell they want. Right. We usually just say we want what other people have told us is like, here's what you should do. Not I. <laughs> not you. <laughs> not you. Really not That's I. That's sure not you. No. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. The question is, right, if we do the insight, if we have the awareness, what the hell is the action? And besides quitting the fucking job or leaving the thing. I think or, that's the action. Or quitting the thing, Just right? quit the job. No, but I think piece of it is listening to yourself. Yeah. Right? Being able to, and I think we talk a lot about this and we apply it to so many different topics too, mm-hmm. is being able to boundary off other people's expectations of you um, and being able to listen to yourself and yeah. ask yourself the question, is this something that's still serving me? Mm. and so then what's it going to look like to create this new identity who would this person be if i don't have those things if i don't end up 
with the high powered job or I don't end up with a family or whatever these things are or, or you know, Olympic gold medalist. Who am I going to be? What are the other parts of myself that maybe I've been ignoring? Mm. Do I have a love for travel that I wasn't able to do because I was so invested in my job? Do I have a love for... Um, <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at Nikki as I do this, and I'm like her love for sending emails. I don't know, like talking, like talking to people. Like, I have a true love for sending emails. That yeah, is, she's so organized. She's so good at sending emails. She does them so fast. She's so good. It at takes it. me like I overthink everything that I send. So it takes me so long, which is why, like, if you ever send me an email and I get back to you two weeks later, for the record, we apologize. For the record, I've been thinking about it for those two weeks. Though. Also, I love how many exclamation points you put in your emails. Oh my gosh, I am like the like the stereotypical millennial woman that I'm like, hi, hey, how are you? How I you hope, doing? I hope this email finds you well. Mine's, mine on the other end is like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the delay. I apologize. My every email starts. See, I'm not a big apologizer. My apologies for the delay. Did you ever see that meme that's like, you're <laughs> back and forth, back and forth until you both die. My apologies for the delay. Yes, that's you. That is me. So I don't know. What we're well, no, we were saying developing new parts of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like realigning with identities um, that maybe you didn't have to create when you were so invested, engulfed in a different identity. And so I think another way to think about it is like, what did you really enjoy enjoy doing as a child? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get back to that? Like, I personally loved decorating my room as a child. Oh, did you like redo your room? I would lot? move my room around constantly. I remember how fun that was as a kid. Oh, it was do that. so that was great. Best. Just moving your room yes. around. Oh my god! I think I've scratched. I scratched up so much shit. There. Actually, maybe I had carpet. I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> But if maybe you got rid of it in the movie, <laughs> who knows? But if I were to not be a therapist, I would say, okay, what did I really enjoy as a child? Like I'd love decorating. Yeah, Instead, we just be. decorated decorate offices. Well, okay, but you found a job or made a job that fits the different parts of you, yes. right? And not everything has to be the career, right? So that you found ways to say, here is this different part of me and who would serve and maybe there was a there was a part of you that more creative or decorating side that took a little hiatus yes when you were in academics especially well and I think too so I have talked about this before I had a job before I was a therapist and was always told you know I know I was talking a big game about like not listening to other people's expectations but I was always told that I needed to go into some sort of corporate job when I was in that because corporate safety, job, right? That's, safety. Yeah, that's a financial And I think thing. it's like a generational thing too, right? It's like that thing. our parents like generationally were told that these are the jobs that you have to do. If you mm-hmm. do anything different, like you're not going to be able to support yourself. That has changed dramatically. Yeah. And so I always was told you have to be in a corporate job. I felt it in my bones how miserable I was. Yeah. And by felt it mean I was crying constantly. <laughs> so how did you know it was time? Um, I think I was that miserable. Like when I think back to that time period, I would work all day and at night I would, I took a course for the GRE. Mm. I would go to a Starbucks star, in New York. Starbucks are open like 24 hours. There's some star Anyway, so I would go to Starbucks. I would work on my applications. Like when I think back to doing that at that age, I'm like so surprised how much work I was doing, but it yeah. speaks to how miserable I was. Yeah, true. Like when you're that miserable in something, sometimes you will do anything to get out of it. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. It leads to say, what about people that are listening to this that aren't 
like so miserable because they have other great things in their life. Like I don't really think I like my job. I don't really think I'm happy. Right. There, it's but like not on else, an extreme. Right. And so like those are things that like maybe you're like, you know, what? like I could put in two years here. Right. Like I don't like love it, but like whatever. It's a good like for, like not everything has to be like that. It's so horrible. I have to leave because right. it's not perfect. If you have other things in your life, like work doesn't have to be the thing that we love the most. I think relationships are different. I've heard the saying before that the quality of your relationships is going to indicate the quality of your life. If I am in a bunch of shitty relationships where people do not treat me well and do not hear me and do not see me, I'm going to feel probably quite isolated and alone in my life. But with work, that can be a little different. So I think you have to say like this thing that I'm not happy with, this thing I'm considering leaving, how much is that affecting my life? Because for some of us, we can just stay at a job that's just, like, good enough because, like, whatever, it's money. And, like, who cares? And I think there's a lot of pressure on, like, find your passion. Not you always know? Have like, that. and And you don't always have to have that, right? No. You can find your identity, find your passion in other ways. Or your passion could just be, like, I'm going to make myself happy at home. Like, I'm going to, you know, be comfortable with what I'm doing. And work on myself internally yeah right or like i'm gonna have these hobbies or i have this social circle that's like really important to me or i'm into travel so like my job is really just able to pay for that and that can be okay and i think that that's important to note is that you can just a job can just be a job yeah and it's okay if it's not consuming your entire life making you absolutely miserable and it's something you're coasting you're okay with coasting that's okay too and then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something that I think people are gonna be not happy that I'm saying. I'm ready. I'm wondering how you're gonna feel about what I'm gonna say. Okay. So this entire episode came from somebody asking the question, "How do I quit my job?" Right. So right. we started talking about endings and how to leave stuff. Right. Right. But so there is such a big push, especially we love communication. I will straight up saying I fucking love direct communication. I'm someone who is very into direct communication, and. I think that there's additional pressure we put on that. It's like, you have to do everything in person. Mm. You have to. I actually do not agree with this. I I think if it's going to serve you more to leave a relationship. You thought that I wasn't going to like this? <laughs> but just because they, they, there's such a thing like in this field about like you have to say it to people's faces. I don't agree with that. Yeah. If the only way, if you need to leave something so much, but the actual thing that's keeping you is the conversation fucking send a text whatever it doesn't look the best maybe it's not the most ethical maybe it's not the professional they're gonna, they might be pissed whatever. it's like that sex in the city episode where he the posted the note. Post-it was, note. i'm sorry i can't i'm don't sorry hate i me. can't don't hate me okay but wasn't that burger and he was a jerk he sucked yeah i don't like also I don't like why is his name burger well his name was jack burger oh his last <laughs> name you them <laughs> cheeseburger cheese okay so uh, I am a believer. So, okay. So the person who asked the question, how do I quit a job? You can send an email. Send an email. Also, I mean, look at your contract. See the way, the best way. But usually they don't say a way. Usually Certain contracts will have exact things. Will have. You have I to, know this because I worked in the corporate world for well, so long. Well, a lot long. of places will say like, you have to submit written. Yeah, submit written. Right. So like exactly. that's, it's like, okay, right. So you feel like you have to have a conversation and give written. I don't agree with that. I, you, I you quit. You have to give written. I quit my job in person. Of course you did. You cried so... hysterically, hysterically. I was like, "How they t- what was, I was your, like, their reaction?" I was like, "Actually, <laughs> I like thinking about it now. You know, when you think about things and you're just like, oh, yeah, you like cringe." I was just like, "I'm going to grad school." <laughs> were they like, and they were bye. like, 
I'm really happy for you. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, that's it. You know, like I think that we expect too that like people are going to be really mad at us, especially well, sometimes in people a, are though, and sometimes people are. But I think in a job, it's so important that you're replaceable. Oof. Yeah. Sorry. Oof. It's true. It's the thing is that like the reality is is if you die, your job will replace you. I'm sorry. And it's business. It have, it's, the thing yes. is, it's business. But but because our job consumes so much of our lives, yeah, it it doesn't always feel like just business. Absolutely. But especially if you have a relationship with those people, right? Like absolutely. if I have a really good relationship with people, there can be so much guilt associated with leaving, even if we know it's the best thing for us. But the thing you also have to remember, and I always think about this also in terms of relationships, they deserve to be with someone and to find someone who does truly want to be there. Same with that job. And that's like one of the things I had to remind myself about like being a teacher is like those kids deserve someone who loved what they were doing every yeah. single day. And it wasn't going to be me. Like you're doing. Both- I am not that wonderful of a person. I need to martyr myself. None of us are. And I have to remind myself like for my clients too. Like when I went on maternity leave and I had like so much like angst about like leaving my clients and my supervisor who is <laughs> love <laughs> quite honest we'll call him was like yeah there are, you know there's other people that can help besides you right and I was like I think Ooh. I did need to hear that Ooh. right like I did need to hear that like I'm not the world's I cannot like I'm not the world's best therapist right I'm a therapist that's right. it I'm a person and people other- can make connections with other people for sure people right? can find other people for your job yes and so to acknowledge that and to say listen Yes, this is hard. It's no longer serving me, but I'm I can be replaced, and they're yeah. going to be okay, and you're going to be okay. It's and, re- really just approaching the conversation can and be really don't challenging. take that discomfort as a sign that it's the wrong decision. Yes, that's what that's you need to essential. remember, right? Because I think sometimes it's like this feels so bad, so I shouldn't do, it, so I shouldn't do it. But like, no, you can feel and do hard things, and they might feel uncomfortable and might feel icky. But usually that feeling of icky is because we want to avoid it. Right. And so now we have to do Dear M and Jen. I'm ready. I feel like I want to give a disclaimer before we start Dear M and Jen, which is people might actually not like what we have to say. Of course. Doesn't that always scare you when we answer questions? Also, this is your first disclaimer of that? (laughs) Like, I mean, I know we've been doing doing, like Q&A for a while, but... I also was, we might we there was something that came in that I, as soon as I read it, I was like oh this person would hate our answer to this also I don't think it's the one we're doing though. we might have different responses to this too so that might be something to consider yeah also we're okay. gonna have different responses we have not talked about this before dear em and jen How to become comfortable with the concept of marriage. Seems like everyone is getting divorced these days. Even Bill Gates just ended a 27-year-long marriage. The whole thing seems overrated. Hard to find one happy couple these days. It is overrated. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) So when I said people aren't going to like our answers, it's because marriage is overrated. There's a lot of reasons to get married. One of those is legal. One of those is taxes. And... It's it's not this like perfect wonderful thing, but also we have to remember part of the divorce rate is people live so much longer now, and we do change. So the question you should ask yourself is: marriage in the traditional sense is overrated, but a committed relationship where we grow together, where we're able to adapt, where we're able to be flexible, that's not overrated. That's beautiful. 
And I think that's the difference. You have to change how we think about marriage and yes. how we think about relationships in general. And I think going into it with those expectations, right? Like the overrated part is everyone talks about marriage as this is it's it's your happy ending, right? Like, oh, and and that's what it is in in the media, right? You like reach this happy ending where everything's yeah. wonderful. Uh-uh. But you have to really gain some realistic expectations. Emily and I very much know those expectations because we're both couples therapists. I did not go into marriage thinking it would be perfect. No, but yes. I think that there's a portrayal of it, of it's this perfect, easy thing. And it's challenging. Yeah, but I think really that you're right. Really being able to say, I want this committed relationship. Yeah. That's something you work on. It's something to strive for. So like you have to think about yourself like in a larger sense, what is the point of marriage for me? Right. right. The same way you can think about like what's the point of sex? What's the point of parenting? Right. That's when we talk about this scripting exercises of how do I define why I would be doing this? It, because, yes, doing it just because other people think you should is, is a very poor reason to get Absolutely. married. Absolutely. I would imagine for Bill and Melinda, there was financial parts of this when anytime there's money and like to, to not neglect that information, but to think about how would marriage look for me? How would we define it? And what would we want it to look like? That That's that's a short of it. Let's not overcomplicate it from that's there. That's it. Hey, that's our episode. Thanks for spending time with us this week. We can't wait to see you. We want to hear all. If there's any subject you want us to talk about or if you have a dear Emma Jen, write it in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if this episode touch something for you or you think it might help someone else make sure to send it along 